The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with that wisdom coming from our guy, Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. Cannot wait to talk about the AFC South draft picks with Greg, as we've got two divisions to go. AFC South, I got to check, but I believe AFC North as well. Make sure you are trying to be a part of our winners. We're doing the final episode this week, bright and early tomorrow morning. Got a special guest for you guys. I want some more winners. I want some more people that want to be winners. I want more people that spread the word via social media. I'll check TikTok at Ross Tucker NFL. I love those of you that send me a five-star review. That's amazing, as always, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. Love the sponsor confirmation. Email winners, that's always a wonderful thing as well. Take advantage of any of them. Express Clothing, LinkedIn, UFOs, doesn't matter. Just hit up any of the sponsors. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And, of course, the YouTube shout-out. That's cool. It's a video from me to you that you can get for anybody you want, including even if it's just for yourself. All you have to do is hit the thumbs up at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and subscribe and make any comment. I see when a new person makes a comment. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, speaking of YouTube, by the way, I've been checking our YouTube views and these division recaps do very well. Very well on YouTube. We get a lot of views that people that, I don't know if they're searching about their draft or whatever, but a lot of people go back and watch it. Even though the draft was now, you know, two months ago, a lot of people like to watch these episodes back, Greg, which I love. We got the AFC South today. You know, I almost hesitate to do this, Greg, because I know we did it two or three years ago. And I think there's a good chance he comes back again this year. But he retired again, so I want to get at least one comment from you on Rob Gronkowski. Ah. What, what jumped out to you, Greg? Uh, how will you remember him if he is, in fact, done this time? What made him unique? 
I think his size, because Rob Gronkowski, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've been around him. He is a really big man. Um, and my guess is he was probably more in the 265, 270 range. And while you wouldn't say he was explosive as a mover, let's say he's not smooth like a Darren Waller or like a Travis Kelsey, he certainly could move and, and work down the field. Um, and he was so, so big. Um, and I think the blocking element, too, which is probably overlooked a lot simply because of playing with Brady for all those years and, and the pass game being so good. But, um, you know, just to sit and say he's a great player, anybody can say that. But I think if you're asking me specifically what stood out, I would probably say his size and his inline blocking. You know, I have been around him multiple times. He is huge. He's super big. I mean, he is all of 6'6 plus. And I've been told he was always 260s, 270. But, Greg, like shredded. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, like, like as lean as could be. But when you're that tall and you're that put together, and I just don't think we've seen many guys that big that – were as agile. I don't know if, you know, I would agree with you. I don't know that he was, you know, lightning fast or as smooth. But, you know, he caught a lot of balls down by his feet. You know, yeah. he was so good run after the catch. I, I said one catch. time, Greg, you know, you think about every aspect of being a, a tight end, like in the red zone. I don't know that we've ever seen a better tight end. Phenomenal. In the I mean, he, he had so many ton. touchdowns. And they used him a ton as the single receiver to the boundary and just threw it up to him. And he, it seemed as if he caught every single one. Yeah. Then run after the catch. Oh. He had a good, he had a good year, uh, a group of years there where his run after the catch, he was a monster. He could I make know. you miss, but usually he was running people over. Yeah. Um, he did end up getting a lot of big plays down the seam. From Brady and a lot of big yep. run after the catch. Absolutely. You know, he could one-on-one pass pro sometimes. I mean, I I think he's I think he's the best tight end we've ever seen. He's the best tight end I've ever seen. Yeah, because he's, he's and you're you right though. Category, you I think he's better than everybody else. You probably wouldn't describe his movement as fluid and smooth, but he certainly wasn't unathletic. He wasn't, you know, just a big guy. I mean, he was his run after catch, that's another great point. I mean, he would just carry people. Let's dive into the AFC South now, Greg. And we'll start with a team that had a really interesting draft. And that is the Houston Texans. Because they took a couple guys in round one, Greg, probably higher than most people thought they would go. The Texans didn't care. They took Derek Stingley Jr. with the third overall pick. And they took Kenyon Green the right. old lineman from A&M with the 15th overall pick. Well, I think there's a sense that they just drafted two starters. And keep in mind, Lovey Smith was the D.C. last year, and now he's the head coach. Lovey started off last year playing what he knows really well, cover two, and they got burned. And for people who were not watching tape, they probably don't know that as the year progressed, he started to play a lot less cover two, and he started to play more single high, including cover one, which is man coverage. And now that they drafted Derek Stingley, you'd have to believe he'd continue that progression, that he's going to play more man coverage because Stingley is a big-time man-to-man corner with outstanding traits. And then Kenyon Green, obviously they've been looking to upgrade their O-line, 
And the feeling is that Kenyon Green steps right in at left guard and starts. Green played left left guard's his predominant position, but there were games last year he played left tackle. I believe he played left tackle against Alabama for the whole game and actually held his own. So they view Kenyon Green as stepping right in and being the starting left guard, and clearly Derek Stingley is going to start outside at one corner spot, and you will see them play more man coverage. The the Patriot way, if you will, since Nick Casario is the general manager there in Houston, they love a guy that they think can be a stud at one position like Kenyon Green at left guard, but can play others if you need him to. You know, I think about Isaiah Wynn and Joe Tooney and Logan Mankins. I mean, that is really something that they put extra value in. If they, they want you to be a stud at one position, But if they know they can move you somewhere else in a pinch and you can get it done, they place a high amount of value on that. And, you know, two other picks I think are worth mentioning, probably three, but I I really like John Mitchie. Uh, They drafted him in the second round from Alabama. I watched him a lot in his college career. John Mitchie reminded me, and I've said this before, he reminded me of Robert Woods. Mitchie is a very refined, subtle route runner. Uh, He's probably not purely explosive, although he did get vertical in college at times in the SEC. Um, And I just think John Mechie is a guy who's going to step in and be a factor as a rookie. And then they drafted Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama, in the third round. And Harris is a really high-level athlete. And one thing I think that speaks really well about Harris and the way he sees the game and his mental approach. Harris came out of high school in Baton Rouge, by the way, unrecruited by LSU, And he was not a linebacker in high school. He did not play linebacker. And yet he went to Alabama and started at linebacker right away. So that tells you in a Nick Saban defense to start at linebacker right away when he never played the position. Number one, he's smart. Number two, he assimilates information really well. Number three, he has a feel for the position. So I really like Christian Harris a lot. And then just one final guy to mention, because I think he could end up being the number one back. I don't want to use the term feature back because I don't know how they see their offense. But I think Damian Pierce is a really, he's a physical, powerful, take no prisoners runner. Um, I wouldn't call him explosive in terms of, let's say, breaking long runs, but you don't see many of those in the NFL anyway. But I think Damian Pierce has all the traits needed to be kind of that tough physical, urgent, competitive, sustaining runner. Greg, any any thoughts on their second-round pick, Jalen Petrie, the DB from Baylor? Yeah, I, I do have thoughts on Jalen Petrie, and I'm not sure what he is. Um, great, great college player. Unbelievable college player. Played multiple positions. I think they called it the star position in college. Basically played slot corner, played stack backer, rushed the quarterback off the edge, never really played a whole lot of safety. I think they drafted him at safety. So while he was a great college player, and maybe he'll be a great pro, look, no one knows, but he did not really play safety in college, and I think that's what they're asking him to be uh, in Houston. Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts, who obviously um, did not have a first-round pick. There's a lot of discussion about their first two picks. In particular, the second-round wide receiver, from Cincinnati, Alec Pierce, 
who, Greg, I called a Cincinnati game or two. That dude is an athlete. That kid's really a good prospect. He is like (laughs) 6'3 or something and can jump out of the gym and is fast, like real fast. I Again, I've said this before, and only time will tell, and I could well be wrong, and that's okay, you know, because I'm just responding to what I've seen up to this point. I did not really see a big difference between Alec Pierce and Drake London when I studied the tape. I really liked Alec Pierce. He's a terrific, terrific athlete. He's from an area near my buddy Matt Bowen, you know, in Chicago, and Matt Bowen knows the family. He's an unbelievable athlete. Um, I really like Alec Pierce a lot. And, you know, I, I think their plan is, barring anything unforeseen, that he's going to be a starter for them from day one. I I, I think so as well. What about their two picks or the next – their three picks in the third round? Jelani Woods, the tight end from Virginia, Bernhard Raymond, the tackle from Central Michigan, and then Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland. <clears throat> yeah, Jelani Woods was one of the most fascinating players to watch because of his size. Six seven, about two sixty. Um, transferred to Virginia from Oklahoma State, where he was not throwing the football. Virginia threw the football a lot, so he had targets and receptions. Um, I think he's just scratching the surface for a man that size. He's an athlete. Obviously, you wouldn't call him explosive and sudden because of his size, but he's a very good athlete. He can go up and get the ball. He had enough speed to work the seams and be a three level dimension. I don't know if he's ready now, but I think he's a really intriguing prospect. Raymond was of the left tackle in college who basically has only played left tackle for two years. He's the kid who gained something like 70 pounds in a short amount of time. He was a tight end who became a tackle. I think he's, I think he's an athletic kid. I think he's got a strong body. Um, but he's probably going to be a little bit of a work in progress just because he's somewhat new to the position. And I think he will have to get used to the NFL game. But I think he has traits and attributes to be a starting left tackle. Obviously, if you look at their depth chart, they would like that to happen sooner than later. And then there's Nick Cross from Maryland. Uh, now that we know that Kerry uh, Willis retired after three years or four years in the league, they're obviously looking for safety. They did sign Rodney McLeod, so they do have two starting safeties. But Nick Cross is a big, fast, explosive athlete who played both on the back end and in the box in Maryland. He can run. He can hit. He's fluid. He's fast. I think he's a really good prospect, and I think you'll see him, if not this year, because we'll see about Rodney McLeod, but I think he will be a starting safety for the Colts. The Kerry Willis thing is really interesting, but I'll get to that later. Um, any of the other guys jump out to you? Eric Johnson, Andrew Ogletree, Curtis Brooks, Rodney Thomas. I know Rodney Thomas is a Pittsburgh Central Catholic kid who went to Yale. Uh, that's interesting. It's always interesting to me the team to take two tight ends, you know, in the same Yeah, I, to be honest with you, uh, uh, again, you know me well enough to know. I didn't see the other guys, so I, I don't really have any other thoughts on those guys. Well, that's okay. Let's move on to the Jaguars because there's a lot of guys I know you've watched. Uh, in the first round, they took Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. Yeah, they really needed to upgrade their defense, um, and they did that. And I think Trayvon Walker – Trayvon Walker, I think, will grow into being a really, really good player. 
He's got great size. He's got great length. He's naturally powerful. I thought he used his hands well. I think he's a multi-position player. We'll see what they decide to do with their defense. I certainly don't know enough about Mike Caldwell as a DC to know how he sees things and and how he plans on using Walker. Um, But I think Walker is, is an ascending player. Obviously, was not a big sacker at Georgia. They played him inside a lot at D-tackle, where he was very effective. But he did show traits to rush the quarterback off the edge, which is, I think, how they probably see him initially. Um, And then there's Devin Lloyd, who I think is a really dynamic player, has playmaking traits. Um, I think that at times he's a little undisciplined and reckless. Hopefully you rein that in. But he's long. He's athletic. He can run. And as I said, he, he has a playmaking dimension to his game. I was also fascinated by two other picks. Chad Muma was the small school linebacker from Wyoming. I really liked his tape a lot. Um, you know, I think that since Logan, he played with Logan Wilson from the Bengals for a year, and we know Logan Wilson has become a, a probably a top 10 or 12 linebacker in the NFL. And Muma is big and athletic and really tackled well. Um, and I thought... And this might be, again, I, I don't fancy myself necessarily as a uh, an offensive line guru, Ross. You're, you probably know more about the position than I do. But I thought Luke Fortner was the best center prospect in this draft. And they drafted him in the third round. And I think he'll start from day one. I think he's one of those guys that will be a 10-year starter in this league. I love the fact that he's 6'4", has tremendous, tremendous length. He was rarely ever on the ground. Wow, that's interesting, Greg, because obviously guys like Tyler Linderbaum and Cam Jurgens went, you know, a decent amount ahead of him. So that's quite the compliment for you from you on Fortner in terms of what you see from him. Uh, then they ended up getting Snoop Connor, Gregory Jr., and Monteric Brown. And I really like Snoop Connor. And I, I think Snoop Connor is a really good running prospect, good good running back prospect. Obviously, you know, not special. So he's, you know, fifth round pick, but he's big. He can run. And I think much of what's what Snoop Connor may or may not do will be dependent on how Doug Peterson and staff see Travis ATN. Because Travis ATN has been lining up a lot from what I've read as a receiver, split from the formation. He has those kinds of traits. So is Travis ATN going to be kind of a full-time back, or is he going to be more of a kind of satellite piece? And I think that will determine if Snoop Connor gets you know a chance to run the football. Let's get to last but not least, the Tennessee Titans, Greg. Really interesting Traylon Burks has not been able to stay on the field yep. in minicamp with, I guess, allergies or asthma. Asthma has been an issue, um, yeah. But obviously you you watched him quite a bit coming out of <clears throat> Arkansas. Yeah, I like Burks. I mean, I, I thought he was a really good prospect. I thought he was big. He had really – he has super big hands, catches everything. I thought there was some explosion to him at times. He ran by people in the SEC. Um I think you can move him all around the formation, including in the backfield. I'm not going to sit here and say he's Debo Samuel. I don't like to, you know, say those kinds of things. But I think he can be used in that way. Um, we'll see when training camp comes, because obviously this is the dead period right now. Uh, so hopefully he's healthy and ready to go. But they're expecting him to step in and replace A.J. Brown. So barring anything that, you know, happens, he's going to start and he's going to be that guy. 
Um, you know, I think they were looking for O-line help. They drafted Nicholas Pettit-Frayer in the uh, third round. They're really uncertain as to who their right tackle will be right now. Dylan Radens was a draft pick a year ago. He's not quite worked out. Pettit-Frayer's from Ohio State. Very athletic kid, looks the part, but had some real significant technique issues that caused a lot of problems against good pass rushers. He had a really hard time with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I think he had a hard time, if I'm not, I'm trying to remember the one other pass rusher he had a really hard time with as well in the Big Ten. Um, but he, he, he is very athletic, good feet. He just really needs a lot of technique work. And Again, I'm not an O-line coach, so an O-line coach may say, I can fix that in a day, or he may say, boy, that's a long process. I, I truly don't know the answer to that, Ross. I'm sure if you watched him in great detail, you would have an answer being a former O-lineman. But I don't know. But but the point is, he definitely has the athletic movement traits to play on the outside in the NFL. What about McCreary, the second-round pick from yeah. Auburn? Great player on tape. The issue with McCreary is, and this is the way teams, they do studies, was arm length. Prior to Roger McCreary, whose arm length is less than 29 inches, which is incredibly short, there had only been one corner drafted in the last 10 years with arm length less than 29 inches, and that corner did not make it in the NFL. So when you put on McCreary's tape, you go, wow. This guy's really a good player. He played mirror match press man against both Alabama wideouts, Mechie and Jamison Williams, and against LSU wideout Kayshawn Butte so, so well. The tape speaks for itself. Um, but, you know, people look at the arm length and say, you know what, guys with less than 29-inch arms at the corner position don't play in the NFL. And we'll see if McCrary can be the exception, but his tape was really, really good. Want to get your thoughts on third and fourth round picks, Malik Willis from Liberty and Hassan Haskins from Michigan. Yeah, Hassan Haskins is a really good pick for them because he's that kind of runner. He's a grinder. He's an inside sustainer, big physical runner, follows the path, gets yards, um, can gets hard yards. That's their run game. And, and, you know, I don't know what their plan is with Henry coming off the injury. Um, I don't know if they, they're starting to think that maybe he can't have 420 carries and maybe they need, you know, a guy who can – play two or three possessions. Um, but I think Haskins is in the perfect spot for that because that's the kind of back he is. Um, Malik Willis, he probably, look, you know, it, it's that whole discussion about what are what are traits for a quarterback. When people say he's got great traits, is great traits mean that you can throw it hard and run fast? Is that the traits for a quarterback? That's what Malik Willis could do. Beyond that, he has a lot of work to do. Now, he may get there. I've heard great things about the kid. He may get there, but right now, in terms of the more subtle, nuanced, detailed traits and attributes needed to be a starting NFL quarterback, he's not there and obviously was not drafted to start this year. Check him out on social media so you know what he's up to always. At Greg Cosell, terrific stuff as always, Greg. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Really appreciate it. And I really appreciate LinkedIn Jobs. It is so nice to be able to create a free job post in minutes to reach my network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to grow your team. And if you're a small business and you're growing, that's exactly what you need to do. And it's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to, and they do it faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tux Takes. Let's start today with Rob Gronkowski hanging it up again, this time after 11 years in the NFL. And again, Drew Rosenhaus, like he did the last time, said, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays again, if Brady calls him in November and... People are almost predicting that again already. I, I don't really get it. Uh, like, do you want to play or do you not want to play? Sounds like he just only wants to play if, you know, doesn't want to have to go through training camp or anything like that. Maybe I don't blame him. You know, just play enough games that it counts as a, as a credited season for all your benefits. So you keep stacking those up and you get to play in the postseason. Maybe not a bad plan. Ducks takes. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we had on the show, what, last week, the week before, officially joining Amazon for their Thursday night football coverage. No surprise there. This this was rumored as soon as he announced he was retiring. There were rumors coming out that this would be his next move. I think he'll be fantastic just based on how he's been on this show. And if you remember, think about, you know, the fact what I said about Richard Sherman joining Amazon – these are guys fresh out of the league that people are genuinely intrigued to see what they have to say and also to see what they're like on TV or in the media. And so I think Amazon's doing a smart thing by getting guys that people are intrigued to know more about. Well, he's definitely not out of the woods yet. Deshaun Watson did settle 20 of the 24 lawsuits. Right. Confidential. This kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. There was no talk or thought that they were going to be settled anytime soon. But settled 20 to 24 lawsuits. The NFL went out of their way to say this won't have any impact on their investigation. But I do believe that was part of the reason why Watson did this. I think he felt like he needed to be able to put uh, the majority of these behind him and and show the NFL, hey, I'm I'm moving on from these as, as best as I can so we can move on for this season. But it's not all of them. And I thought there were some talk that there might be a couple others that end up filing lawsuits. I don't know where that stands, but he still has four outstanding. But the lion's share, he has now settled. And at some point, those terms will come out. And at some point, if you haven't already, you will get UFOs. You will try UFO shoes. Mark my words, they make active recovery footwear, shoes, slides, boots, and clogs. All are designed with proprietary UFOAM technology and a patented footbed 
to help you recover faster and feel better. I just ordered more. I just, I already had three. I ordered three more. I don't know how to explain it other than you've never worn anything like this before. You, your feet, your ankle, your knees, your hips have never felt this good before. There, there's no other way to describe it. You need to try something of UFOs. Go to a store and try them all. I don't care what you do. UFOs, trust me. Takes. Commander's owner Dan Snyder declines to testify before Congress for a second time, but Roger Goodell steps in in his place. That'll happen today. Evidently, there's also a report out from the Washington Post that Washington, uh, that they settled with a complaint against Daniel Snyder for sexual harassment in 2009 for $1.6 million. It's just ugly there, man. It's just so ugly in Washington. And, and let's be honest, at this point, it's going to be. There's going to be a dark cloud over this franchise as long as he is the owner, but he will do whatever it takes and fight it as long as he can to try to remain the owner of that team. Ducks takes. Two other quick items. Bears place guard Dakota Dozier on IR. Steelers sign Larry Ogunjobi, and my dog is barking, and I apologize. That's okay. So, really interesting. Um, I will say this, Bri. Th- this is something I, I just saw literally while we're recording it. I don't know what happened, but the Baltimore Ravens issued a statement saying they are profoundly saddened by the tragic passing of Jalen Ferguson. Jalen was a draft pick a few years ago. You know, I called one of Jalen's games when he was at Louisiana Tech. That hurts. I mean, that that really, really hurts. Again, no idea what happened, but doesn't really matter. Looks like he's 26 years old. That is just awful. Absolutely, absolutely awful. Uh, Greg mentioned Kerry Willis retiring. I never talked about that on the show, Greg. I don't. I mean, uh, Greg, Bry. I don't know what happened there. He wants to get into ministry. You know, he felt the calling, which I think is great, and I'm happy for him, and everybody makes their own personal decisions. I guess my original thought when I saw the news was whatever impact he wants to have, you really have a much bigger platform when you're still playing. And that doesn't mean he should keep playing if he doesn't, if his heart's not in it. But that was my reaction that, wow, you know, the money he would get from the NFL and the platform he'd have in the NFL, you wonder which, in which way he'd be able to impact more lives. But I don't, I don't have that answer, but that was my thoughts. Dakota Dozier on IR is a problem for the bears because I think they thought he might start. Their O-line is in tatters. And then Ogan Joby, he failed a physical with the Bears. Speaking of the Bears, he was going to be like their main cog three technique, but failed a physical. They weren't willing to go there with him. It's an interesting fit to me with the Steelers. I don't really see him in that scheme, but he kind of replaces Stefan to it and gives them another nasty D lineman up front uh, in Pittsburgh. Other than that, 
I want to make sure to give some shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, and Evergreen Economics. We will be back bright and early tomorrow morning with a surprise guest. Fantasy Feast, by the way, already posted. We recorded that yesterday. And even Money Podcast was amazing this week as well. Fantasy Feast, we dived into ADP for the first three rounds. Guys that Joe is higher on, lower on. And Steve Fezzik gave an absolute clinic in how you can prepare now for betting on the NFL this fall. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.